Well, we're turning in our Bibles this evening to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke in the chapter 16, please. And we're going to read from the verse 19. The Gospel of Luke in the chapter 16 and the verse 19. I would like to speak to you this evening under a very solemn title, uh, The Plea from Hell. Uh, the Plea from Hell. And we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke in the chapter 16. And we're going to read from the verse 19 through to the end of the chapter. And it's the Lord Jesus speaking here. And this is what he says. He says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, No, Father Abraham. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Tonight, I would like to speak to you about a man who wishes more than anybody that he was here. And tonight, we're going to allow this man to do the preaching. Sadly, this man, he's in the place of eternal torment. He's in the place where the worm never dies. And he's in the place where there's great gnashing of teeth. He's in the place that the Bible calls hell. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. And I believe the reason why he did this was to try and hit home the immediate danger that people were in if they rejected his great salvation. Most people... Certainly most people in the Western world who have had any exposure to Christianity whatsoever seem to think they're going to heaven. 
In fact, many who sit in church pews or give money to the church or live a good life all believe that they're going to heaven. When you think about it, I'm quite sure that hell is populated mostly with people who are shocked to be there. When people are asked the question, are you going to heaven? The answer normally is, well, I'm a good person. Or I'm a religious person. Or I believe in God. Or I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. I haven't done anything bad. God certainly wouldn't send me to hell. Hell is full of surprised people. And that's really what this story, this parable that the Lord Jesus Christ told in this book is all about. A man who was shocked to find himself in hell. And when writing, you know, when writing to the people in the church in Ephesus, Paul wrote these words to them. He said, speak the truth in love. These, this certainly is an instruction that applies to this message this evening. These words this, that I'm going to share with you this evening, as we embrace this topic of hell, I only want to share this with you in love. I want to tell you that what I'm about to say over the next 20 or so minutes, I do not find easy to preach, but necessary. I love the Lord. And the Lord has put a burden in my heart for the lost, which means I have a love for you. I want you to listen to the warning from God's word tonight. And I want to speak the truth and love for you this evening. And I want to be faithful to the message found in scripture. I'm sure a doctor finds no delight in telling a patient that they're seriously ill. But in order for treatment to begin, they need to tell them that they're seriously ill. And I believe it's my duty to warn people that they're lost. I believe it's my duty to tell people that hell is real. And it's a result, and people end up there as a result of sin and rejection of the finished work of Christ at Calvary. You don't seek a cure unless you know you're sick. And you need to recognize that you're lost. And you're on your way to a lost eternity if you don't know Christ as your saviour. In this story that we read, we read of a rich man, probably a respectable man, he had done well in life. He dressed every day, we're told in verse 18, in purple and fine linen. He feasted sumptuously every day. This rich man, who isn't even given a name, has everything that the average man or woman in this world longs for. And in stark contrast, we find Lazarus, the poor man who lies at the rich man's gate. He's starving and he's covered in sores. And Lazarus ate anything that fell from the rich man's table and the dogs came along and they would have licked Lazarus's wounds. And in this story that we read in scripture this evening, we find three key features that the Lord speaks about. The first feature is life. This life. The, the second feature is death. And the third feature is life after death. Where will you spend eternity? And there's amazing contrasts in both these men's lives before death and after death. You have a poor man and a rich man. The poor man in this life, in the, when he went into eternity, becomes rich. The 
the rich man in this life becomes poor in eternity. And the poor man becomes richer than the rich man ever was. And the rich man becomes poorer than the poor man ever was. You have a poor man who sits at the, great, at the gate and all he wants is the crumbs from the rich man's table. And you have a rich man who feasts. But then in eternity you have a poor man who's at a feast. And a rich man who pleads for a drop of water. You have a poor man in this life with needs and a rich man with no needs. And then in eternity the poor man has no needs and the rich man has great needs. You have a poor man in this life who desires absolutely everything. And then you have a rich man in this life who desires nothing. But when they went into eternity you have a rich man who will never have his desires filled. And you have a poor man who has all his desires filled. You have a poor man who suffers and a rich man who's satisfied. And then in eternity the rich man suffers, the poor man is satisfied. You have a poor man in this life who's tormented and then a rich man who's happy. And then in eternity you have a poor man who's happy and a rich man who's tormented. And we could go on. We could continue with that list. I have so many more written down here. But you can see the contrast in these two men's lives. And then you can see the contrast in their eternal destination. What's the lesson here in this parable? Is it don't get rich? No. Salvation is for all. Rich and poor, young and old. It's not a lesson on riches. The lesson is this. You won't take any of your material belongings with you to eternity. What's important is that you prepare for eternity. The Bible tells us, For what shall a profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The poor man, Lazarus, prepared for eternity. The rich man did not prepare. And here we see him now in God's word. We are told that this rich man is now in hell. And that's where he is today. And tonight, the rich man, he sends a plea from hell to warn you, my dear unconverted friend. And it's found in God's holy word, preserved for us by the Spirit of God, for you to consider this evening as we read through and as he pleads with you perhaps you don't believe that there is life after death but let me tell you the bible tells us that god has put eternity in our hearts you know as well as i do that that each of us have an implanted desire to live forever but if you want to know life real life after death you must firstly listen to this evening because we're going to listen to the warning and the plea that the rich man gives to us through scripture we're going to let him do the preaching tonight Personally, I believe the focus of this parable is that the Lord, that the Lord Jesus told us it's based and focused on the rich man because we're told he gives an almighty cry from hell. And he's an example of all people who are in hell today. There's a great cry that comes from the depths of hell that comes to you tonight. And it, it would be easy to think that the bulk of the parable might be devoted and described of the bliss that Lazarus now has in heaven tonight. And it would be easy to think that, but rather the focus is on the agony of the rich man. And in fact, the larger portion of the parable is devoted to two requests that the rich man makes in hell. And we're simply, in the time that remains, going to look at these two requests that the rich man makes. The first request is this. There's a personal request in hell. 
The rich man's first request was a result of his torment and his unbearable suffering. The flames were causing him great discomfort and he pleads for mercy. And he asks that Lazarus would be sent to him just to dip his finger in the water and just to set it on his tongue to cool his tongue. And his petition is denied based on two factors. First, the rich man's fate was a just one. He deserved to be there. He had gotten just what he had deserved. He had his good things in life. And he ignored the message of scripture. And he lived on earth and everything seemed well for him there. But he ignored the message found in God's holy word. And today he's found in hell. Justice demanded that he got what he deserved. Second, hell and heaven. The second reason why his request was denied. Even just for some cool water in his tongue from Lazarus book is because hell, hell and heaven are divided. There is no access between the two. There was, Abraham tells us in our passage, a great fixed chasm. Located between the two abodes. The wicked cannot cross into the place of blessing. And the righteous cannot cross into the place of the wicked. Thus the rich man's petition must be denied. Hell is irreversible. It's the irreversible destiny for some. If they will not put their trust in Christ. But the choice must be made by you. This evening you hear the gospel message again. You hear about the place called hell. But how will you respond? If you're not saved, this is exactly where you're headed. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ went and took the punishment for you at the cross of Calvary so that you didn't have to go to this place, hell, that place of no return. There's no comfort in hell. This man was so uncomfortable that he was begging for just a tiny drop of water to be put in his tongue to quench his thirst. He cannot bear the torture of hell. And dear friend, you don't have to go there. Death and hell means separation from God and his goodness forever. But consider Christ. Don't ignore this message this evening. Listen to the plea of a man in hell. God has made a way to save you from hell. There was the man's personal request for water. But then there was his concern for his family in hell. The rich man's second request was that Lazarus would go to his five brothers to warn them not to come to this place. Can you hear the man's cry of desperation? The rich man now understood that a man has a choice in life. That must be made before death. And that their decisions remain after death. And Abraham responds negatively to this second request. As well as to the first. There is no need for someone to be sent from the grave to warn the lost. That's what he's told. Because Moses and the prophets serve this purpose well. Let the lost listen to the Old Testament revelation. As told the rich man. That Abraham maintained should serve as sufficient warning. You see the point is the book that I have in my hands this evening. God's holy word. It teaches us these things. 
It tells us of the importance of the decisions we make in this life, yet people hear the message and still seem to reject it and walk outdoors or turn their, t- their, their laptop screens or TV screens off after listening to a gospel message and think no more about it. And often to another week, when you could be taken off into eternity in a moment, and you reject the message, they don't want to know about Christianity in any moment you could die. And at that moment you'll wish that you'd considered Christ. More than that, you'll wish that you'd trusted Christ. But the moment you step into eternity, you'll be forever too late. The rich man protested. However, he was told that man ought to listen to the scriptures. No man was going to be sent from the grave to tell his brothers. Can you hear this man's plea? I wonder if we were to be able to invite the rich man here this evening. What he would say to a congregation like this. I'm sure he would say choose Christ. I'm sure he would plead with you dear friend to get right with Christ. To prepare for eternity. You know... I read a while ago about a professor who was an atheist, and this is what he said, and I quote, Whether you like it or not, Jesus is real. I'll say that again. He was an atheist. And he said this, Whether you like it or not, Jesus is real. Quite a statement for someone who claims there is no God. Man's failure to believe is not due to any lack of evidence, but due to a closed heart and the problem being a willful rebellion against God. And the heart of the rich man and his five brothers were unbelieving. But let me tell you, tonight the rich man, he believes not. And the outward appearance of these men may have been fine to you. Everything in life may have looked good to you if you've seen these men. But there was a hard issue. And they hadn't dealt with the issue of their soul and where they would spend eternity. Everything was great in life. But they didn't prepare for what was coming after death. The Lord Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead, proving that he truly was God and not a fraud, proving that he could save people from hell. The empty tomb in Jerusalem this evening is evidence of the truth of this message. And there's a cry from hell tonight, my friend. If you've heard the voice from hell, if you can hear this plea from this man pleading for his brothers, how could you not at least be moved to think tonight, what if I die without Christ? Well, there's good news, you don't have to. For we read in 1 Corinthians 15, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What does that mean for you? The Lord Jesus Christ has made a way that you can be saved from hell. And all you have to do is accept that you're a sinner. Accept your need of the Savior. Believe that he died for you and rose again. Defeating death and hell. And call upon him in repentance and plead for forgiveness. And the Bible tells us he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. C.H. Spurgeon stated this, he said that no man in hell, listen to this, no man in hell can say that he came to Christ and was rejected. 
Because the Lord Jesus Christ, he receives all who come to him. Rather, my friend, if you end up in hell, sadly, it's you you have to blame. It's yourself. We put a shaft down into the depths of hell tonight and heard the cries of desperation and torment. Would anyone like to hear the cry, why didn't you warn me? So dear unsaved friend tonight, I'm warning you tonight. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, the Re- in Revelation 22, we read these words. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. The Spirit of God is moving in our gathering this evening. Invites you to come to Christ and be saved from hell. But the invitation requires a response. And the person who desires salvation must come and must take. The instruction is to come as you are. Don't think you have to go home and get everything straightened out, ironed out and get things perfect. No, no. The Saviour will take you just as you are. God isn't interested in your money. He doesn't care about your education. He isn't concerned about your background. He doesn't care about colour of skin. He loves you as you are. And his invitation is for you to come to him. And his salvation is offered to all tonight because God loves all. And the Lord Jesus Christ paid the debt of sin for all. But all will not be saved. Because there are those who will reject to the grave. Don't neglect his salvation when he offers it to you. There will be a day if you reject this salvation in eternity that you will look back to nights like this when you sat in the Grange Baptist or you sat in many other places and you will think to yourself, why did I not listen? God's word is open before you. This is not my word. This is not thoughts that I have thought up in the study. This is God's word to you. If you're not saved, you're on your way to a lost eternity. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ is willing to pardon you for your sin completely. In 1829, George Wilson was sentenced to be hanged in Pennsylvania for murder. And President Andrew Jackson issued a pardon. And Wilson refused, saying that he deserved to die. The case went to the Supreme Court, which decreed that a pardon was of no value unless it was accepted. So George Wilson was executed. The Lord Jesus Christ was undeserving of death on the cross. Yet went there to take your place and to die your death and bear God's wrath for sin for you. And the Lord Jesus Christ has issued a pardon for all, sealed in his blood, but it will only benefit those who accept his free offer of salvation. What's in it for you? Every sin forgiven. A name written in God's book of life. Adopted into God's family. A child of the king. A citizen of heaven. A new creature. A new start. Peace with God. Spirit and dwell. Filled with hope. Christ's presence in your life. A mansion in death. Eternal life. In heaven with God forever. And that's just the beginning. 
Tonight you have a lot to gain, but because you have a lot to gain, you have a lot to lose. Can you hear the plea from hell? The soul that rejects or neglects this invitation will be cast into the pit of hell. God loves you. And he sent the son to die for you. And God has made the provisions for you to be saved from hell. But why, dear friend, would you reject this message again? Christ sees your emptiness. He offers you his fullness. Christ sees your deadness. He offers you his life. Christ sees your hell, where you're headed in your sin, and he offers you his heaven. Will you come to Christ this evening? He is the key to life. He alone can quench your thirst. He says all you must do is come. So I plead with you this evening. As we close another gospel meeting, we listen to the plea from hell. As a rich man calls out, he says, go tell my brothers. I'm sure if he was able to be here tonight, he would plead with you, dear friend, to come to. Jesus now is bending over thee. Jesus slowly making mild to the friend who died to save thee. Wilt thou not be reconciled? Oh, be saved, his grace is free. Oh, be saved, he died for thee. Oh, be saved, he died for thee. We're going to sing that hymn together as we close our service this evening. If you would like to speak with me, by all means, if you want to talk about anything that's been said tonight, I have all the time in the world to speak with you this evening. I'll speak to you as long as you need. But all I'll say is this. I cannot save you. I can only point you to the one who can. Maybe you listen in online this evening and you want to know more. Why not get in touch with our Facebook page? I'll see the message. I can speak with you. We can meet. But whatever the case, please, I plead with you, get right with Christ and know that you're heaven bound. 